This is the AI Assisted Organization podcast with your host, myself, Piers Lenny, and my co-host and co-founder of Implement AI, Dr. Alok Shukla. Good morning, Alok. Morning, Piers. How are you? Well, I was watching the creator last night, the film AI. So it was uh, a few issues there with uh, robots dying and people sort of crying over their bodies and well, we never heard of an, a backup. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Not too many spoilers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I swear about that. Um, that wasn't a spoiler. That was just a bit, I don't quite understand that. But um, you were in Dublin then, so we actually did your event. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was in, was in Dublin last week. It was a really great opportunity to meet like, lots of progressive Irish entrepreneurs talk about different use cases that they, they're looking at. And um, yeah, there were some very other, other interesting speakers at the conference as well, like their former MD, Cola, and hearing about different things in the corporate setting as well. But yeah, that was, was, it was a great trip and going back over in November. And we'll talk about our, um, you know, we'll mention our upcoming event um, in the, but later on in the pod, there's lots to go through. We're going to talk about training today, but we're going to go through a lot of news. But we're going to go through it quite quickly because there's so much of it. Uh, and you know, every week you say on this podcast, well, it was a big, big week in AI. Last week, and we're recording this slightly later this week, it is, it's just been absolutely bonkers, actually. So you've got news from you know, Meta, OpenAI, Amazon, Microsoft, and we pulled out the ones that are mostly relevant for yeah. business use cases. Well, the reality is, is that a lot of this technology, even though it appears sometimes, I mean, you know, for example, Snap and Microsoft, you know, they've done a deal. It might appear that it's consumer focused, but eventually at some point in the not too distant future, most of these applications, you'll discover use cases, business um, world for these applications. So we're going to go through that. We're going to implement AI updates about our um, events and various other things we're doing. And we're going to talk about training and how important training is uh, and what that means to your business in terms of becoming an AI assisted organization. And of course, we'll have AI of the week. So I've had to put a list today for the news. There's so much of it. So let's get cracking. Deep breath. Um, so GPT-4 vision, so, you know, large language models, typically we're all used to chatbots, okay? You're entering text and you're receiving the text as, as the output, output, but as we always say, the technology is going to acquire all the human senses. Yeah. And one of the most important ones is vision. So you're now seeing that chat GPT um, is going to, number one, kind of vision inputs. You've already seen um, outputs now with DALA 3s out as well. But this means that now computers can see and they can look at images yeah. or objects, understand what they are and respond. And this is a massive, massive um, development, isn't it, Alok? I mean, this bit alone, it could cover the whole podcast. It's profound. If you think about like how most these LLMs have like token limits based on the number of like number of tokens, number of characters, number of words that go into a system. Now, if you think about an image, how many bits of information are in an image? For example, it's, it's much more high resolution. There's much more information. Some of the use cases I've seen for GPT for vision, I'm going to go through a few of them. They are profound. I've seen people putting in a photo of, like, let's say, like the bike. This is the use case that OpenAI themselves show, and it's asking the photo of the bike, like, how do I adjust the saddle? And then it tells you the instructions. And then you serve someone the message back is circling all the part they think is the adjustable part. They say, is this the part? It says, no, that's not the part. And it continues it. So not only can it understand unilaterally what's in the image, it can also drill down further deep down based on the questions you ask and have a conversation around that. That's profound. But then some of the things I've seen from a technical perspective are incredible. I saw people uploaded a photo of a chessboard saying, why to checkmate in three moves? And it actually understood the chessboard and some of the positions and it gave the answer to that. I've seen it do where's Wally, you know, like where there's a person hiding within it and discover where it is. People are uploading photos of, let's say, an app or a user interface, and it's generating the code for that. Honestly, this actually just redefines what's possible. 
I saw one a lot where I saw one. There was one where obviously you had the it's copying UIs like yes. SaaS dashboards, for Correct. example. I get that. But one where there was a meeting where they put um, like a, a basic architecture on a on a whiteboard. You know, it, it was hand drawn, and they took a picture of it, and then it wrote the, it wrote the code for it where that actually happened. So again, you know, yeah. understanding. Even, even complex technical things, like I've seen where they've uploaded a complex picture of a cell where it's got all the different things and like, you know, with the organelles and the mitochondria and all that kind of stuff. And it deconstructs and explains that. I've also seen it very complex PowerPoints with like all these workflows of like this, that, arrows and everything that being understood and deconstructed. And then they also put in um, this four level diagram, which didn't have the word inception written anywhere, but it was actually the description of the dream states of where it going into. It's Christopher Nolan's sketch of like, Inception, and and it just, it said this is the model for Inception, basically, even though that wasn't listed anywhere. I mean, and the, and the good news is for your kids' homework, <laughs> yeah. maybe not for teachers, is that there's one where it just took a photo, it showed them um, a lot of maths yes. problems. It was basically additions, and it just did them, did it. So that that's huge. Now, before we move on though from GPT four, it can now talk. So you might not have this yet. You've got to be in Chat GPT plus to see this. I haven't got it yet. Um, where now you can you know you can press a button now and talk to it, and then it's press you have to press things which respond. But now you can just talk to you. So if you've ever used um, Pi or inflection that talks to you instead of a more you know, reasonably natural way, there's a slight delay while it's thinking about it. But that's huge as well. And you've seen the demos where there's two Chat GPTs talking to each other. They give them characters like I give it like a bro chat, just like your bro, you know, so cool, and they're chatting away. And, and again, it's. That's the fact as well, because like I've said this on the pod like weeks ago, my frustration with it is, is why do I have to type? I don't understand why we're still using keyboards. It's not going to be long. And when you can point an image and you can talk about what's going on. No, I mean, the voice interface is profound because that reduces the friction. But the thing is, what I'm trying to see is that like the fundamental use cases for all of these are insane. You can, you know, incorporate this into fridges and any kind of smart device within your car. It can detect different elements of what's kind of going on. There's so many different areas that things can be used within. And I mean, people talk about GPT-5, but honestly, with Vision, you already unlocked a whole new set of use cases when you propound that against data analytics. It's already got the different elements it can do. Yeah. And before we move on from uh, chat GPT, another update really is that, if you don't know this yet, is that um, Bing is back. So they turned it off so you couldn't search. It was a bit of a pain, actually, um, because it was kind of somehow it was finding a way behind um, media paywalls and providing content it probably shouldn't have done. So they fixed that and it's back. So if you're using um, ChatGPT, the plugins, you'll see that you'll see Bing there as well as um, advanced data analysis. Right, we'll move on. So YouTube now, and YouTube have been, there are quite a few announcements, but I haven't really seen any, anything really launched yet. But you're now seeing a raft of um, YouTube AI tools coming out. Are you seeing ones about translation? You're going to see ones where it'll translate your video and also it'll change your um, licks. You'll see Alex has been playing with that on our, on our sort of socials. But also YouTube now are helping you select music. So if you ever made YouTube ch- uh, videos, which I've tried in the past, you'll find, you know, it's just time consuming. And now it's kind of reading the reading the transcript, the title to what it's all about, helping you select music. They're calling that YouTube allowed. So you're going to have dubbing music selection. So what they're trying to do is just, yeah. Make videos have more sort of um, a larger audience by changing the language and also just improving and speeding up the workflows. Spotify voice cloning. This is quite a big one. And again, going back to the uh, the voice cloning. So, you know, you, you saw all this noise in the press about uh, deep fakes, you know, video ones and audio ones. But actually, you're rapidly seeing them have application in the business world. So one I just mentioned with YouTube is the ability to dub over in a different language, but also change the shape of your lips so, so it matches up. Now, Spotify doing... Uh, 
voice cloning for podcasts. So now you can record a podcast. Again, this goes back to extending the niche, uh, extending the size of your audience, and it will translate your podcast into whatever language you select. However, what's interesting about this is it does it in your voice. Yeah, and and it's it, it, the moment is in just for a few podcasts only, like like Speakman and Lake Adara, the CEO, and a few others. It's in a few languages. But I'm really looking forward to it being in more languages and being readily available. Because, for example, there's one Portuguese podcast from like one of my friends has been telling me I need to. He, he wishes I could listen to it, and I wish I could listen to it too. So as soon as that comes, I mean, it just unlocks so much more. I mean, I was watching a video where Mr. Beast was talking about like how you know only 10 percent of the world basically speaks English. Like, so you've got like 90 percent of people that are not being explored or communicated to. So imagine that we can access all their content, they can access all our content. I mean, it's just going to be insane the amount of knowledge that will kind of compound and grow. It's going to be amazing. And moving on, so Meta had a, a huge week. Now, a lot of this game does seem quite consumer, but again, as we always say, this is going to have applications in your business. So Meta have these annual events like the big tech companies do called Meta Connect. And they announced um, 28 AIs, believe it or not. They've all got different sort of characters. They're quite US-focused, like, you know, American football players, people like that. Um, you know, Snoop Dogg is a sort of a dungeon master. So, you know, things like that. But they're showing that what they're trying to do is build this into all the meta products, so Facebook, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp. They're going to be able to converse some of these um, AIs, and they have different domain knowledge. They want to be sports, want to be, you know, cookery, um, want to be, you know, self-improvement, for example. And you can have conversations with them uh, across all the different apps. I don't quite know whether how much memory they have about you, because then you're getting into the kind of uh, the, the inflection sort of pie world, aren't you, in terms of having personal assistance. So they're all kind of celebrities. Um, they've launched um, Ray-Bans. So Ray-Ban have done a deal with to have the sort of, the, the, you know, you saw Google Glass quite a few years ago, which looks a bit like, sort of odd, geeky, if anything else like that. But now Ray-Ban are integrating the meta technology into the glasses. And you see Mark Zuckerberg wear them. They look like a lot of Ray-Bans, to be quite frank. And you can now live stream whatever you're looking at. Um, and they've been proven technology to do that. And translation's coming again. So now you'll be wearing a Ray-Bans, you know, live streaming your holiday and whoever's talking to you, wherever you are, it's going to be translated in your, in your, in your ears. I mean, you could be like, let's say in Rome, and you could be asking a question like, what is the building in front of me and what is it about? And it will be, and, and you know, the AI will start talking to you about that. I mean, this basically, this digital layer on top of the physical world is just getting amplified and contracted. All these technologies are just kind of coming together. And the more, the more consumed, I mean, there's a billion people using the meta platform. If they start getting used to this in, in a very simple way, 100%, you know, like companies are going to start adopting this kind of like, you know, AI first interface. They're going to be a more natural connection because those AIs in the social medias will want to connect to those other ones. I was going to cover this slightly later, but I'm going to do it now because we're talking about wearables, basically. And Humane, I haven't heard of Humane. I think they were Apple people, came out with Apple products. So Humane, I've got a device called, I'm not sure what it's called actually. It's a Humane pin, I think. It's a bit like a Star Trek pin, but it's a small pin you wear, which is um, it's, it's essentially a camera, most of it. So you can see what you're doing and where you are. And the idea is, is a bit like the the Ray-Ban glasses, is eventually is to move away from the, uh, the kind of the, the, I use an iPhone, the iPhone phone form factor, this big chunk of glass in your pocket, which is great if you want to see things, but eventually you're going to be able to see these in glasses. It's going to have vision automatically, which your phone did have, you're going to, you're yeah. going to hold it up. Um, you can have the same kind of processing power to somewhere else in your pocket, it doesn't have to be in your hand. So we're going to see the world move away from that form factor and the technology become more integrated and more invisible. We are in the future. Yeah, it's Sam Altman. There's one called the Sam Altman phone in the corner. So Sam Altman, he's the uh, CEO of OpenAI. Uh, Johnny Ive, the former designer from um, um, Apple, signed the iPhone essentially, or, or yeah, the iPhone. And they've come together with about $1 billion of funding, again, startup funding from um, 
I think it's come out of SoftBank to create a new version or whatever there might be technology that's suddenly placed the phone. So we'll see what that looks like. So going back to Meta quickly, they showed have, um, it was a, a podcast, a, a conversation, um, an interview between Lex Fridman. He's got quite um, a very good podcast. You haven't heard it. And Mark Zuckerberg. And they did it in the Metaverse. So when the Metaverse was first really launched, it was these kind of disembodied cartoon characters, you know, floating around, having conversations. Everyone sort of laughs it out of the room, really. But now what they're showing is that, and this takes a full body scan, but it's almost photo real. They're almost photo real avatars of you with all the, all the expressions, all the imperfections. And I think Lex Fridman, who actually is, um, he's at um, MIT, focused on AI and robotics. He was blown away by it. I mean, the first 10 minutes, that's all they could talk about is how realistic it is. So what we're seeing now is the ability to clone yourself, exist in the metaverse. And the interesting thing is what Meta said in the other announcement as well is that it knows you, it has your profile. And when you're not there, if you're off, you know, you're at work, whatever you're doing, your avatar can still be wandering around the metaverse and interacting with others, which is slightly worrying. Honestly, when I watched that video, I was like, I was in Ireland, I was blown away. And I was thinking like, this is literally the future right now, the conversions. And many people have been shocked how it went from this cartoonish joke image of like this cartoonish blockish Mark Zuckerberg, which we'd seen before to this. And you know, good for him. Like, uh, this is a revolutionary communication. Yeah, but you, but you think um, like these avatars are going to be, you know, hugely uh, compute and uh, bandwidth um, to the, the huge amount of it. And the reality is, is that the, the codec, or however they do this, the codec to um, swap information about the way an avatar is changing uh, and have a video conversation, a 3D conversation, not a 2D video call, is actually smaller than is what's required especially in terms of bandwidth um, for actual video conversations. Because that, that's real time, two streams going backwards and forwards. This is just moving the delta, what was changing between the two places. It's incredible, isn't it, right? How you can have a step, step change in the experience of the quality and a reduction in the amount of information or voltage or whatever you want to call it to make that happen. Like our brains can't comprehend that, that it can be like so much better and more efficient. Well, what's interesting as well, you could be on a video call, an avatar call, whatever you want to call it. You could be driving, but you're on the call, but your avatar is acting, you know, in a natural way. And it's kind of in the need to where it needs to be. So that's fascinating. So you can see the obvious um, applications for that in, in business. Tesla, the, the Optimus robots, now you're seeing their robots. And I never quite know whether to buy a Tesla or Optimus, but I'm, I'm sure it's all real and good. But it's, they're now sorting out between objects. So you've seen them have different objects, like Lego, for example, and they can look at it again, going back to a computer vision. It's looking at the, looking at this sort of pile of stuff and sorting them in, in ways in which they've been instructed to. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, robotics with, with all these capabilities are coming. There's like, there's the Optimus robot, there's also the company called Figure. You should look at what they're doing as well. This is not far away. So Zapier, if you don't, if you haven't used Zapier, this is the way of connecting applications together and creating um, workflows. We'll talk about one today in the AI of the week, which we've used Zapier for. There's also another one, new one called Make, which is extremely powerful. Um, now, Zapier have launched Canvas, so this is an AI-powered flowchart kind of tool. And I've kind of seen this coming in Zapier because before you had to look at, uh, connect it to your applications and then kind of build the workflow. Whereas now you can go into Zapier and just say, I need to connect this to that. And on the way, could you do X, Y, and Z? And they kind of understand what you're trying to do. Looks at, and it basically creates a zap for you. Not completely, but it gives you the basic workflow and you go in and then fill out and add, add the detail. This is actually really important and you're going to see i think that it's interesting isn't it uh, i think alog that in some ways um large language models are a threat 
these kind of companies because now you can be able to talk to technology, tell it what to do. So rather than talk to Zapier, tell it what you want, and it tries to translate it, it just does it all for you. So that's coming. But on the other hand, I think for the foreseeable future, things like Zapier and Rake are going to be really important to creating AI-driven workflows. 100%. Because you need to have like this data security and, 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 the, and, the, and the connection of the pipes and the, and the repeatability about what you want. AI-powered workflows are incredible. Like, for example, I was building one which looks at our podcast when it's uploaded. It then grabs the file automatically. It can then, you know, have it summarized, transcribed, and you can generate whatever you want with it. I mean, having these sorts of things where, you know, if this happens, these steps happen afterwards. The more you can do that within your company, because that's literally what you train people to do when you're training them and giving them the tasks and, and workflows to do. So, you know, you need to be thinking about these AI-assisted workflows for sure. And moving on, so Amazon AWS has announced the general availability of Bedrock. So we've mentioned this quite a few times over, over the last uh, months, actually, even weeks. And this is essentially, they've got different foundation models and not just, these are Amazon models. They're going to have, um, you know, Meta, Llama 2 in there as well. And they're available through API. So what they want to create obviously is AWS, the largest cloud provider out there, is a platform for you to develop and deploy artificial intelligence as well. So you've seen the companies like Google and OpenAI, they're all working with each other, NVIDIA, yeah, they're all kind of trying to try to do this. But they want to become almost like the app store for large language models. So you can have different models for different use cases. And obviously what you get is the hosting and the infrastructure and all the security that comes with it. And also they announced quite a while ago, Code Whisperer. So just like Google have got one, a meta created one, they call it coding assistant. I think a coding assistant is trying to be nice to people whose job it is to code because I'm not sure he's an assistant. I think it's a replacement in most cases, but from the tweak, tweaking things and um, uh, a bit of QA at the end. So that's, that's an interesting development there. You're going to see more of that. Moving on, and Apple are now launching a chat GPT style AI. So we all knew this was coming. Apple will be very quiet, haven't really made a lot of noise about AI. Uh, even at their large annual conferences, but it, it is coming. So you, just like Amazon, Alexa, you're now going to see large language models embedded into um, iPhone, essentially, which is going to change that game as well. And on that, Stable are now are just about to launch a 3 billion parameter large language model. Now, normally, i stop me if I'm wrong a lot, large language models are between 7 and about 70 billion parameters, depending on how big they are and how good they are. So these are smaller ones, they're kind of cut down versions, but this now means they can run locally on a device. They need to be connected to the internet. So imagine now you're going to have, you know, Apple chat GPT, is it going to be internet connected? Or is it just going to be, you know, sort of local? We're now seeing them being able to compress these large language models. They won't be as good, whatever much detail or nuance, but they're compressing them so they run on a phone and eventually a watch. Yeah, I mean, but I think that's the model that Apple will take because they very strong about privacy and they're not going to want to be transmitting data. They're going to want to have it running and coding on your iPhone. So I'm sure like a, a massive iOS update is coming basically, right? Like where suddenly everything is going to like transformed. I mean, I'm waiting for when the Alexa starts, you know, having a, a serious conversation with you. And that's coming very, very soon. It's all of them. And, and that, it's not even subtle. Well, that's a, a subtle change out there changes the way we all are going to interact with technology completely. Your TV, with, you know, um, Amazon Fire built into it, You'd be able to talk to it. Yeah, exactly. Talk Not that it. kind of searching, like that understanding nonsense. It's gone. And, and it's got to appear in cars. Yeah. And, and also like the TV example at the, moment, at the moment, right? Imagine like a Samsung TV. It could know all the programs you're watching across the platform. So for example, Netflix only knows what you watch on Netflix, right? You know, but imagine you're watching a lot of YouTube or you're watching a lot of Amazon Prime. So like Samsung to have that information potentially about like which, which preferences you have in different areas and, and going from there. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so much stuff. And then we 
we, you know, we focus on AI agents and developing them as well. And Microsoft launched um, AutoGen, which I know you've been playing with. So this is the platform that allows you, it's more of a, it's a framework really, more than a platform, to help you bring together different AI agents, explain. And we saw AutoGPT, which is out there, it's kind of code you can just um, install yourself. But now there's more of a framework they're developing for actually putting together teams of AI agents to deliver tasks. And it works in a kind of a group chat. You may have, you may have you know, three in marketing, just with current temperatures in terms of their creativity. So I think the way you want to think about this is, let's imagine like you're in the kitchen, you're cooking, right? You've got a chopping board, you've got a knife, you've got maybe a grate, you've got a few different things. These are discrete tools that do different things. And if you're trying to cook quickly, like chop something, grate something, blend something, you want those tools ready to hand and already configured. In the same way, at the moment, we're using like a general purpose AI, let's say a GPT or a Claude. And then every time we want to do something, we're setting up the context for, you are now going to be a knife. You're now going to be a blender. You're now going to be a chopping board or whatever it is. You can do that. But imagine you've got like all those personalities ready, like your team, you've already got someone who's like your product manager as the AI, you've already got someone who's your content marketer as your AI and responsible for the social posts or responsible for ideating the month's strategy. That's someone different. That's your digital CMO. The more companies are going to have this kind of like digitally embodied digital workforce where there are different AIs, which are playing different roles with memories. That's the key thing. Then you're going to start to under, you're going to start to be able to like literally work with them, and you could just slap that digital marketing agent and say like, hey, have you got ideas for next week's you know social media posts? And it will slap you back saying yes. So for most people, they wouldn't even know that they're not working with a person essentially. And this is how I believe it's going to be the kind of most friction-free way to interact by having almost like these AI agents which are embedded into Slack or different platform that you're working with, and you can have this two-way conversation about what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and built into that process workflow, whatever you want to call it, you have humans. So you might have um, yes. tasks that a, team. a human needs to perform. Or what you could do before you get to the human, because the humans are busy, is have an AI agent that's representing that human. This could be a, a real person, um, rather than like an avatar or, or persona project, project. project manager, exactly. So they then say, well, you know, peers, what do you think of this? And because it knows peers, it'll respond in a way which is similar to me. And only when the task is almost complete, do you then actually is it actually sort of the output to a human from oversight or QA or whatever what needs to happen there? So look out for that. That's something that we are working on and embedding into our AI agents as well, implement AI. Right, so that, I mean, there was more news, but I think that was enough for today. <laughs> so implement AI updates. So the event's in Manchester, 18th of October, we're getting there. There's a few seats left, but if you can get to Manchester, it's central Manchester, we're doing that with um, Manchester Growth Hub and Tech North um, Associates. So that's going to be great event we're going to go through artificial intelligence um how to become an ai assisted organization what the steps are we're going to go through so you know what you need to know been developing i know we've got london as well haven't we, we go through that yeah so we've got london at home house we're going to be doing an event and um, so that'll be great homegrown and members club so that'll be that'll be brilliant and um, to meet different members and do a fire fireside chat yeah so i think it might they might be members only you have to check but um, Homegrown's a great sort of, a, it's a destination, it's a building as well near Marble Arch in London, uh, but it's also a, a, a sort of a members club as well, so it's a much bigger network. So we're going to be there going over uh, how to become an AI-assisted organization. We've been developing, and we'll start doing some demos when we can, AI agents for clients. So we, uh, we've been, AI, you know, implement AI is quite a new business. We're now starting to roll out um, AI agents for our clients, which are automating specific workflows in ways that they want it done. And we are finally, we keep saying this, we are now just sort of 
fitting up our AI agent um, white paper. And that's a good one. So that's going to be something which we'll uh, publish as soon as possible. And we're going to talk about AI training next. Um, and AI Activate, again, this is our 60-day sprint. That's something you're interested in. It's just learning about how to, you know, go and start the journey between an AI-assisted organization from policy to training through to, you know, trying to automate a specific workflow and get in touch and come and talk to us about AI Activate. Right, training. So this is today's theme. The way I look at this, Alok, isn't it? The way I explained is that, you know, if you want to become an AI-assisted organization, so you go from nothing all the way through to, you know, fully autonomous one day, there are steps, right? So we, we don't say to our clients, you've got to yeah. try and you know, turn this on. And off you go, you're all autonomous. It doesn't work like that. It's about um, improving and giving your team more meaningful work to augmenting humans. It's about um, automating the mundane, optimizing your business, you know, growing faster and, and increasing margins and becoming more profitable. And what that really is, at the end of the day, is competitive advantage. So as AI has been rolled out, you've got these platforms like ChatGPT that anyone can use. You can have Google Duet. Microsoft Copilot, it's going to be everywhere. So it's going to, and we talked about today on the yeah. news, how you're going to see it in Snap, in Meta, in WhatsApp, in Instagram, in Facebook. It's just going to be everywhere. So the first way in which you can really leverage AI and create competitive advantage is by making sure that you, your team, understand it. And by your team, I mean your board as well, so they get the context of it. You put your policy and governance in place so you can actually manage this properly. But then it's training. It's making sure people understand how to use this technology and extract the most value from it, isn't it? So training is so important because like your team has to understand what is possible. So anytime they're manipulating words, images, numbers, sounds, like yeah. wins, they need to understand that there's an AI first solution for that. Because if they're not using that and they're not selecting AI tools, they're spending longer on tasks than they need to. And their also quality and creativity will vary based on the time of day. So if they understand that they can straight away use AI to almost help them start the tasks to get things quicker. It's so important. So having the mindset of knowing what to look for within their tasks to work for is critical. And then having the um, skill set to be able to actually turn those ideas into, you know, outputs using AI, which fit with your company policy, framework, branding, everything like that. And that's what trading comes in for. It's also about understanding, you know, you don't have to be an expert in how a large language model is created and trained and fine-tuned and all that kind of stuff. But if you understand how the technology thinks, you know, thinking with that word, thinks or works, then it helps you helps you use it. And the point I was making at the start of this is that this is not just about, you know, somebody in your marketing department being able to, you know, prompt engineer to extract the best. Because again, you know, we'll talk about prompt engineering maybe quickly, but it's about your board, it's about your senior leadership team. Because although they might not be prompt engineering all day, or they probably will be in their private lives, is that unless you understand how this technology works, how it could be integrated into a business, what value it can bring, what value it can add, then they won't be fully on board with being deployed throughout the business because they won't understand it. And that's where you get, you suffer some fear, uncertainty and doubt. Yeah, let's 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 take that example. When a new person would join a company, imagine they have to write as part of their work, a weekly report. Let's just say that, or whatever task they're doing, for example, right? And there's a particular format for the report where it's got to have like the data first, the summary of the key things, and then what experiments they ran or whatever it is. Let's just imagine that. Now, when a new um, intern or new employee joins the company, if they just created their own idea of a report, it wouldn't match what the company wanted. So the training process is them showing them an example of what they wanted to look like. And then every week they would expect the same thing. With prompt engineering, by having you can apply the same principle where you say, okay, the output I want from my um, AI is to be formatted like this, showing this level of detail using these sorts of references in this sort of area. Now, that once you set that up, then it means that anyone within your company if they're doing that task, they'll have a consistent output. So it's very important to be able to like understand 
how this is not about using it for one-offs. It's more about creating the systems to allow us to do things repeatedly and consistently. Yeah, and we do call we provide courses like this, like um, AI fundamentals, AI prompt engineering, to provide everyone with those basic skills. We need more specialist ones as well. But I think everybody needs to have some understanding of how it works and yeah. how to use it. And when you see Microsoft Copilot being rolled out as well, um, which is going to be a game changer, you know, we have, we have a course we're developing for that as well. And what this really does is. You know, it, it scales up your employees. So we talk about this AI-assisted organization. Uh, our new white paper we're publishing is about the AI agents. And AI agents working with your human resource, your team, you, to scale yourselves up so you can actually do more with less as you grow. I think the way to think about it is like, imagine you've got your team members, they've got access to the computer and the desktop software only, but they don't know how to use the internet. They don't know how to access different different platforms and software and things like this. So they're trying to work doing everything with just their own knowledge, just using the computer, the programs on the computer versus someone else who knows how to use the internet, access different information, use Google. They're going to be a profound advantage. This is the same level of step change, if not bigger, basically, because it can give you much better answers than it could have done with, with Google before. Because like if you had you know, Britannica on a CD-ROM versus Britannica online, it was not too different. This is different now, basically. So you take your unique information, circumstances, a context, and give you specific, very high quality information. So it's critical to have your team up to speed. Yeah, and it levels people up, doesn't it? So if you're, you know, you're sort of a logic, really, that's the way you, your brain works, you can now be a creative. You don't have to go and wait for somebody. If you're very creative, you're not particularly good at um, logic, then you now have access to the ability to, you know, understand data and, 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 and uh, words. So that's the power of, power of this. It levels your team up and gives people new skills. It sort of super empowers them. So we're going to come back to training as well and maybe go into more detail in uh, another pod where we'll sort of talk about really what's in these sort of courses, what you can expect to learn and what you should be learning no matter how you learn it. Because training is, as we said at the start of this, it's your first way of creating very quick competitive advantage and then after training then you got to start thinking about how do you actually start to automate your business because and and training again is it's a competitive advantage because when you're going to start recruiting people now okay if i've got company a which is ai assisted but i've got company b which hasn't bothered yet or isn't looking at it and i, I want to go work for one of these companies they do similar things similar pay where am i going to go i want to go to the company where the as i keep saying the mundane has been automated i can do the meaningful work that I want to do. I can add more value to that organization, to my own career, to that organization's customers. That's where I'm going to go. And also when I'm there, because I've got access to these tools, I'm going to be skilled up, scaled up, leveled up, whatever you want to call it, because I'll have access in the workplace. You don't really have to, you don't shadow IT, shadow AI. The skills they're going to let me use in the workplace are going to make me better at the job that I've chosen to do. Totally. And it's like, you have to be embracing this, like the, the rate of change is too fast. And so if you are not embracing this in your sort of company, you know, I'm seeing so many large companies fold and like, you know, have issues and things change. So, you know, anything can shift. So I think, you know, employees are going to be looking for like, where am I going to have a future? Who is actually going to be like somewhere that I want to invest my time and energy? Yeah, they're going to be looking for this. And if you haven't got it, they won't want to work for you. So as we said, go and have a look at our courses. It's on uh, our website the tab there for training there's, a, there's probably about over 10 of them now we've actually developed and especially the, the the fundamentals the prompt engineering the content marketing marketing and sales kind of the basics go and have a look at those so we're going to leave it there for training this week it's, uh, we're, we're getting along due to our huge amounts of news AI of the week so I'm going to choose Be Human so if you sign up for our AI Insider newsletter or download one of our white papers you're going to get an email from me 
best introducing you to implement AI and there's a video in there. And what we've done is, say you're called Ian, the video, it'll be a video of me, I'll say, hi Ian, and it goes into the rest of the video. And that initial hi Ian, the idea is it clones my voice and it changes the shape of my lips. It's like an avatar. It's a deep fake basically um, for that one word. So you shouldn't be able to notice. I probably will notice because it's not perfect yet. But we wanted to do that just to show how powerful this technology is in terms of starting to personalize um, communications with your customers and stakeholders. This having like dynamic video messaging, dynamic audio messaging, like a voice note, or imagine you try to order something online and then you didn't check out. So then they emailed you straight away with a little video about, and you didn't buy that thing yet. You might want to think about this. All of those things just add that personalization. And I think it's just really nice to be able to like see exactly how that works because you can leverage this both in sales and customer success and onboarding and trading as well. You can, you can be more complicated. You can have the name, where they are. You can put a product in there. They can become quite complicated uh, if you wish you wanted to. That's, um, that's Be Human. I was just looking, behuman.ai. Then have a look at that. That email you're going to receive when you sign up to AI newsletter, obviously, AI Insider newsletter. Uh, we use Zapier to play that workflow. So there you go. That's it for this week. There's a huge amount of news there. Training, extremely important. That's how you really do get started on this straight away. So do sign up for AI Insider newsletter. Download our white papers to AI Assisted Organization, the one-off um, chief AI officers. And please follow the pod, subscribe, rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts if you can, please. If you enjoy the show, and please share it. So that's it for this week. It's the AI Assisted Organization podcast. Myself, Piers and me. Dr. Alok Shukla, thanks for listening. Thanks, Piers.